Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Podpina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nadkarni, who has been begging me to revisit our Dynamic Duos episode ever since we recorded it, and we'll get his wish today. But until then, how is life, Rohan? How's your puppy? How's Publix? How is Florida? Florida was an absolute hellscape. Uh, You get off the plane, they take away your mask, they hand you a gun, they say good luck. (laughs) Um, you know my parents kidnapped my dog so that was the only reason i was in florida in august it is national dog day uh when we're recording this so shout out to boba but it's great to be back in los angeles many people many 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 people reaching out to me rohan Mm -hmm. why weren't you on the pod earlier this week Mm -hmm. and i said because i still had to settle down from the controversy that arose after the dynamic duos episode <laughs> and just the the firestorm that your insane takes created and you've just you've only been doubling down since this is supposed to be the slow part of the NBA offseason and yet you're managing to make everyone angry this is hurricane on race season baby let's go <laughs> i'm there <laughs> well rohan today I'm happy to report that we have arrived at part one of an undetermined number of mailbag episodes <laughs> that are Let's on the horizon. Go. So we will be reading a whole bunch of emails on today's show. And in order for us to keep doing this forever, a quick reminder to all of our beautiful and intelligent and perceptive listeners, keep sending your questions, comments, and critiques into openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. No, just keep cut, cut me off while we're while I'm reading the the I'm just curious if you've seen that if you've also seen that study that uh, people who send in emails to the openfloorglobe at gmail.com email address 
mm-hmm. are like come into incredible wealth soon after. I, I was seeing some literature about that. A no, scientific I think that's, paper, that's a fact. Yeah. yeah, about the people who email in are like really uh, wealthy and good looking and have a lot of personal and professional success. 100%. And that's the new yeah. two plus two is four. It's just that's just a fact <laughs> of life right now. That's how we roll. Yeah. Um, Rohan, before we dig in, earlier this week, I wrote two uh, massive off-season report card <laughs> columns that were like 8,000 words and just took took years off of my life, frankly, and in um, how much how many hours of sleep I lost uh, trying to put them together. And um, I, so I basically just broke down the moves of every team made since the season ended, and, and it generated some discord shall we say, uh, in my mentions and in my inbox. And um, if I wanted to visit you in L.A. right now, I don't know if I would be I don't know if I would be welcome, frankly. Um, But I wanted to quickly get your feedback on on that piece. Um, The trusted and wise advisor that you are. (laughs) I'm curious, which which grade that you saw um, do you feel was most unfair or startling or just why? Why did I get the Lakers pick wrong? Well, first of all, like I felt like 80 percent of the grades were an A minus. So I I thought that you were that thought that you were coasting pretty hard. And then then boom, all of a sudden a C minus just drops in for the Lakers out of nowhere. And of course, the Laker fans get upset. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: the Lakers have been successful the last three years. Last year, we loved their offseason. We all loved their offseason. The team got hurt. Nobody it's criticized true. their offseason last year. If anything, we said the team got better. If anything, we liked last year's offseason better than the offseason they had before they won the championship. Uh, no one knows what to make of the Russell Westbrook thing. Now, do I think? If I were grading it, I would have given it a C minus. No, but I probably would have given it a C, which is not that much better. I just think that right now, no one knows how this rust thing is going to play out. And anyone who says they do is lying to you. But if you had to make an educated guess on how it was going to go, it would be that it's not going to work because it's never worked with Russell Westbrook anywhere he's gone his entire career. So anyone who wonders why people are being fatalistic about the Lakers, why we're down on them, et cetera, That's why it's because the evidence is overwhelming that Russell Westbrook is not necessarily a great second or third option and his shooting is a problem, et cetera. And I think that your grade reflected that, that they're a giant wild card. And unless we see a side of Russ, we've literally maybe only seen for a brief two month stretch when the Rockets had to play five small fours at once just to accommodate him why would we expect anything different? And it was frankly shocking the overhaul they did to a roster that, like we mentioned, everyone really liked heading into last season. Yeah. And I mean, there's the Westbrook thing, which I'm like, I'm just, I'm pretty down on it. I'm not going to lie. Like it it could work. (laughs) And you know, it's no Spencer Dinwiddie trade, Michael. Exactly. (laughs) 100%. All respect to, to Russell Westbrook and his mm-hmm. abilities and everything. It's just, I'm just not high on the fit at all. And we have the opportunity cost of knowing that they could have traded for Buddy Heal. They could have traded Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma, kept Kentavious Caldwell Pope, um, kept Dennis Schroeder, most likely, who I feel like is a little bit unfairly maligned because he struggled during a season in which he had COVID. Um, and like, you know, a lot of people in, in my mentions were saying, look how much they paid for Malik Monk. 
look how much they paid for Kendrick Nunn. And it's like, I'm sorry, but like those two dudes were on team, like on teams that pulled their qualifying offers for a reason. Like they're not the like. The, I'm sorry, that's just like not going to get you. A, in a, a, in defense of Malik Monk, if you call Nemanja Bielitsa a steal, I don't like. What is Malik Monk? He's like. He's the whatever they're searching for in Indiana Jones. Um, that's Malik Monk in this scenario. And listen, I that's another thing is I like some of the other signings they made. I, I don't think Ariza is going to be a huge factor for them. I don't think Melo is going to be a huge factor for them. But they have guys who can they give you 10 minutes on the court playing next to LeBron? Yeah, probably. Do I think Monk is a great signing at that price? Yes, because once again, you're asking him to do very little uh, when he's playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So that's the thing is, is there's kernels of good things happening in the Lakers offseason. But when you let Caruso walk, when he's probably willing to take less money to stay and you blow up your roster in such a dramatic fashion, it's going to invite scrutiny, especially for a player like Westbrook, who what, what do people expect from him at this point? And I think if people really want to, get an idea of what the fit might be like. I think our colleague Chris Herring wrote a great piece about it. But on one hand, you need Russ to have the ball in his hands to be effective. On the other, this idea that you're getting, oh, my God, Russ is your third option. But if he's your third option, does that even make sense? Having him off the ball with LeBron, it just is complicated. It's very complicated. And I think that – there's skepticism and it's rightful skepticism and we would all love to see a great Lakers team and a great Lakers season, another LeBron MVP or et cetera. That's fun. I enjoy that as a basketball fan, but as an, as someone who's judging based on the evidence in front of us, I don't know how you could come up with anything different. Yes. Yeah, so I have absolutely zero regrets about the C minus. Um, and you know, maybe I will be proven and, wrong as I was and, two years ago. And anyone who claims to be like, you know, you want to call yourself a film guru or an analyst, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, show me, imagine to me what the Lakers offense is going to look like down the stretch of a fourth quarter with LeBron and Russ on the floor. Who has the ball? Who's who's spotted up where? Who's sitting where? What's Russ doing off the ball? Are you going to put LeBron? Like, show me how that's supposed to work. And then maybe I'll start to believe differently about this experiment. Also, who are the other two players on the floor? We don't know. I feel like that's when you have two gaping holes and you don't know who's going to play and a lot of the guys you added are one-dimensional and can't defend and were let go by their respective teams because they couldn't defend in the playoffs. I mean, that's just uh, that's problematic. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, so no regrets there. Uh, let's move on to some, some emails now. Rohan, what do you say? Let's do it. I've been excited for this mailbag all summer, you know, I didn't have a lot of plans this summer, and the, the mailbag was high on the list of things I was looking forward to. So, <laughs> shout out to the Open Floor Globe. Also, I, I do want to say, in all seriousness, the response to the duos episode was a lot of fun. So, thank you to everyone who got in the mix, whether you hated us or loved our list. But Mike and I really enjoyed uh, the fallout from our duos episode. Speaking of, we have an email from Levi who writes in. Quote, did I just zone out during the dynamic duo episode of the pod, or were Damon CJ snubbed harder than Bam at a bio for defensive player of the year? They are easily a top five duo for me. Ten times better than Tatum and Jalen, by the way, Michael. <laughs> um, so shout out to Levi. Shout out uh, to Levi. 
Uh, thank you so much for that email. Um, before I throw it to you, Rohan, I'll just say I love these two. I love Dame. I love CJ. And I think we said it on the episode. I can't remember, but they would have been somewhere on my list, um, though not above Tatum and Jalen because I think defense matters. But they would have been somewhere on my list, um, because, but, but we're not because I just think there's a lot of uh, volatility right now surrounding Dame and his situation and also, frankly, surrounding CJ, who could also be traded at, at any point going forward. I mean, his name is in trade rumors every year, but right now seems like the end of an era, um, if there ever was one in Portland. Uh, so... Uh, trying to project forward and think about who are the top 10 duos and ranking a duo that uh, may not last the entire season just didn't feel like um, the way I wanted to go with my list. And that 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 is also why Embiid and Simmons were left off of it and also why uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic were left off it and Kawhi and Paul George, etc. So there were some other okay. duos, but... There were some there were some factors yeah. there that were kind of were why I, I left yeah. them off. I believe as you started rattling off duos once again to cover all your bases, I believe Dame and CJ were <laughs> one of your eighteen honorable mentions. Sure. Uh, I, the reason I didn't have them on my list and like they're not, you know, I think they're probably in that next group of five is they just hit a ceiling for me and I, like this is not the greatest reason to may leave them off the list maybe, but I'm not excited about Dame and CJ anymore. And we're talking about a duo that ha- went in with a fairly healthy roster and lost a first-round series to a Nuggets team that was starting Faku Compazzo. Like, that was Dame and CJ were going up against an Austin Rivers Faku Compazzo backcourt and got ran off the floor. What did they – that series ended in five games? What was it? Uh, I, I just – yeah, that, that to me – really, I think, put a huge damper on the Dame and CJ hype. And I'm confident with all the other 10 duos on my list that are either ascendant or to me have had more legitimate playoff success uh, than Dame and CJ, who are very fun players. I love watching both of them play. But listen, they went out bad in the playoffs. They went out bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just I've lost all excitement for them uh, at this point. So I have a quick stat for you. Um, there were 154 tandems last season that logged at least 1,000 minutes. Uh, ranked by offensive rating, number one was Kawhi and Paul George. Number two was Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And number four was Dame and CJ. Number three, for those who are curious, was Ennis Cantor and Robert Covington, who, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one, barely qualified, and number two are only there because they are teammates with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. So obviously those two are very dynamic. And after they brought Norm Powell in, especially, nobody could stop um, the Portland Trailblazers. The question is, like, their their defense was one of the 10 worst defenses in the history of the league, and uh that is why they struggled so mightily against the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs. And both those guys are, you know, they've never been known for their defense. So, uh, so yeah, I would not say that um, those two, as talented as they are and as um, as capable as they are of getting buckets just about anywhere on the court, I would not rank them uh, ahead of my guys Tatum and Jalen Brown. Sorry. You're shaking I'm your head. I don't get me started on Tatum and Brown again. I know uh, Levi mentioned it in the question, so I'm letting you slide this time. But Damon, CJ, whatever it was, it remains abhorrent. I remain interested in pursuing legal action against you 
for putting Tatum and Brown ahead of uh, Steph and Draymond on your duos list. But we will truly, truly get so derailed. You know, we will get trained to Busan if we don't uh, move on from the duos conversation. So I, I feel like uh, I should I should leave it at that. Train to Busan. Great, great movie, by the way. I was not expecting yes. you to drop let that me in just here. Say, let me just say real quick, Korea, pound for pound, maybe the greatest movie making country in the world. In the South Korea or North Korea? Yes, South Korea. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I actually saw that flick uh, last I usually watch, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love horror movies, love zombie oh, okay. movies. So every October, I just sit in. Oh, you're one of those. You're one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say this, uh, speaking of Tatum and Brown and speaking of North Korea, I th- do think there's a lot of similarities between the North Korean media and the Boston media. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. We, we are moving term, on real fast of, right in now. In terms of propaganda. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. Let's turn the page really quick to an email from Mark, uh, who writes in, Dear Open Floor, I enjoyed your show about the best duos in the NBA. And I Shout think out it would Mark. be fun. I think it would be fun to do similar shows about the best trios and the best starting lineups. So we are probably not going to devote entire episodes to the best trios and the best starting fives. Um, maybe <laughs> we will at some point if we run out of material here. But what I want to do right now with you, Rowan, is just pick the number one starting lineup that you cannot wait to watch this upcoming season. It could be a new group. It could be your favorite from last year. And you want to see just whether or not they can sustain what they did or maybe they added one new piece in. Just what is the starting five that you're most intrigued by and looking forward to? Can I make you upset immediately? You're going to have like seven of them? I have two lineups that I don't even think are going to be starting fives. That's okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Uh, Honestly, the first one I have, I want to see the Hawks at full strength this year. And I want to see that Trey Young, Bogdanovich, uh, DeAndre Hunter, Collins, Capella lineup, which I think is such a good – that is the modern NBA lineup, right? which obviously you don't necessarily have an A1++ superstar. Not that Trae Young is not great, as we saw during the playoffs. You don't have the, the Harden or Durant types or whatever, but like that, that, that covers all the bases of a modern NBA lineup. You have this rim-running defensive center. Uh, you have Collins, who can kind of guard up and guard down. You have the pick-and-roll player in Young. You have the 3 and D guys in Hunter and Bogdanovich. Maybe some are higher on the 3 and some are higher on the D, but – that is a that to me is like just a such a beautiful modern NBA lineup, and we were robbed of it for so much of last year because Bogdanovich was hurt, Hunter was hurt, Hunter obviously missed most of the playoffs. So that's a big one. Another one I'm excited to see because I think this is. I know that I haven't personally talked a lot about the Heat or their offseason a lot on this podcast. No, not at all, not at all, no. But I think my biggest concern with them is their depth. And the starting five, I think, is okay. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the power forward rotation because to get 48 minutes from Tucker and P.J. Tucker and Markeith Morris, I think, is actually going to be harder on a night-to-night basis than people realize those guys don't play a ton of minutes anymore. But the lineup I'm interested to see the Heat rolling out at some point is Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, and Victor Oladipo. Oh, because I think. They were 
playing really well with Oladipo mm-hmm. last year when he was healthy. Like he he'd come in and done exactly what they wanted. Um, and you know that similar five man group, whether it was Dragic playing or Hero playing with Oladipo, was really good. I mean, I think that has the potential to be their best lineup if Oladipo is maybe seventy five percent of who he was during his All Star season, because. If they can get Oladipo to be a glorified 3 and D guy with a little bit of ball handling mixed in, I think that radically changes their ceiling. It radically changes who they are. But we have no idea what to expect from him. So that's a group. I don't know when we're going to see it. It might not be until January. But that's, I think, that lineup, I think, is going to be the barometer for any success that he'd have this year. Yeah, I think Oladipo in particular is just such a – high ceiling like he's a ceiling raiser and I don't really think he impacts their floor all that much but you're right to say yeah like if you can get 75 percent of what he was in 2019 or um even if he can just be Goran Dragic for you Mm -hmm. like what Goran Dragic was in the bubble which Goran Dragic was really good in the bubble but if he can be that that would like completely transform it also gives them it also gives them a player where the biggest problem that he'd had last year was one of none Dragic, Hero, or Robinson was going to get targeted relentlessly defensively, and they almost always had at least two of those guys on the floor. Mm-hmm. And if you get in a scenario where Duncan is now your only, you know, big target for opposing offenses to attack, it's a lot easier when you have one of those guys as opposed to two of those guys. And I think the last year, the problem was that he did at least two players on the floor who were going to get, who are a giant blinking red light for opposing offenses. And I'm thinking Oladipo, even if defensively, he's a guy that's not getting targeted, that makes a gigantic difference for their floor balance and what they can do on both ends of the floor. I want to circle back really quickly because you had some some skepticism about the power forward position and you're just overlooking 41-year-old icon Udonis Haslam. Like, what? what's going on there? I will do a full hour on Udonis Haslam, who I think can still play, as we saw last year, uh, the highest <laughs> per 36 scoring average in the NBA. Sure. Uh, listen, man, I'm not joking. In those three minutes, he looked spry. He was giving you rebounds. He was giving you some scoring. He was running the floor. I genuinely think he can play. I wish he played. I know we, we had a similar discussion on this pod somehow during the duos episode, but... I think Udonis can play. I mean that genuinely, and I, I wish he saw more on more time on the floor. People are like, oh, but it's like, I want to see my favorite players play basketball. I don't know when that became controversial. And guess what? Udonis has <laughs> one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, I want to see him play. I don't care if it's eight minutes a night. Let him play. Running the floor to try to basically punch Dwight Howard in the face is, is what happened when he was on the court. <laughs> Who among, game. But Who among no, us? Who among us? No, I mean, no, for 100%. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not disparaging him. I'm a big fan as well. Um, so I had on my list here, I had actually five lineups. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I'm you not gonna re- I don't need to read them more all. than me. I know, but I always have the backups, and it's just a fun thought exercise for me. But I, I did have the heat um, out here, and I assume that their starting five is going to be Lowry, Duncan, Jimmy, PJ, Bam, right? That's going to yes. be their starting five, right? Okay. Um, that's going to be fun, and that's the lineup that I have written down here. I can't wait to see how that shakes out. Um, I want to go... Did, uh, I name a, did I name a six-man lineup for the Heat? 
Um, no, I don't think so. No, you had instead of PJ. Instead of PJ, you had. Victor. Oh, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Yeah, add a way to pay attention. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio. Radio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. So I am I'm gonna go in a different direction here. Um I actually have two that I want to list. The first one is not I think it might surprise some people, and there are some other lineups that I want to see maybe more than this one, but I'm definitely gonna be tuned into this one. And it is Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, and Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I don't know if Jaden McDaniels is going to start for the Minnesota Timberwolves because they just traded for Torian Prince. But someone was in my mentions. And normally I don't respond on the pod to people who tweet at me. But someone came at me um, saying that I am um, not a believer in Jaden McDaniels. Okay. So I had to respond. I, I didn't realize. Resp- I didn't realize that we had to have an opinion on Jaden McDaniels. So I had like, if I'm to- at a bar, I have to show them my vaccine card and my opinion on Jaden. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I had to. I had to, you know, do a little quick Twitter search because I, I recalled tweeting positive things about him throughout the season, and one of them was Jaden McDaniels belongs in the hall of fame so i had to to whip that out really quick but i know i love jaden mcdaniels but the reason why i'm so fascinated by this group um it just it it feels like say it to me one more time say it to me one more time okay so pat just do last names okay pat bev russell d'angelo russell aunt jaden okay and cat okay um so it's like just like a kind of a it's a situation where the minnesota timberwolves I don't know how good they're going to be this year. Uh, you know, they're not projected to make the playoffs. Uh, they still have depth issues. Uh, their own head coach did this really lengthy interview with the Athletic where 
he was basically like best case scenario is we're middling on defense. So that's really not. Uh, what What would you predict the offensive rating and defensive rating is for that five man lineup you just brought up? So I think that's why that's why I'm so fascinated with this group because, like, they fi- it finally feels like uh, everyone like complements everyone else and it makes sense. And you know you have. Uh, like Pat Bev coming in there and just being the guy who doesn't need the ball, who can spot up, who will defend at the point of attack. Not that Ricky Rubio is a terrible defender or anything like that, but Pat Beverly kind of takes it up a level and he just, he changes the the atmosphere. He changes the intensity on a basketball team. Absolutely. And that's something that the Minnesota Timberwolves sorely need. Um, You have Cat who obviously the past two years, I think of his career have just been a wash for a variety of reasons that we don't really need to get into right now, um, physically, emotionally, mentally. And he seems like he's, uh, you know, he's taken this off season to, um, try to get on the, on the straight and narrow as much as he can. So, you know, I foresee him just having a monstrous season on the floor and he's just one of the better talents in all of basketball. And, you know, we didn't really get to see any of, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, who I, I love Anthony Edwards. I love watching him play. Super exciting. Uh, last year, because of various issues, um, you know, D'Angelo Russell was coming off the bench once he got healthy and uh, and and all that. And they were trying to stagger those guys. So and, and Cat had his injury. So I just I'm just interested in this. Plus, I think that Jaden McDaniels, who in that same interview with Coach Finch um, was uh, uh, compared to not subtly to Scotty Pippen, I, I must say, <laughs> which I kind of caught my eye. Uh, I, I I don't know. Like I, I don't know if this, is the, if this is the starting five, but I can't wait to say this, see this five take the court. It's going to be fun. I'm a little worried about them putting like a 125 defensive rating up on the board for like the first two months that they play together with that lineup. But I mean, maybe I'll be proven wrong. It's a fun. It's a very fun sounding group. Like one of my favorite things to do, like before the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, is just like put to paper what I think a team's best five man group will be, and it, mm-hmm. I think like most people it settles on like four rangy guys and one big, and I think that this is that I will I'm a little worried about the size of that group, but I think it could be really interesting. I think it could be really interesting. The rebounding is questionable, but I, yeah. I like Pat Bev as a rebounder. Mm. Ant can be a good at rebounder. Jaden's long. I mean, know. the I, Ant, Bev, and Russell together worries me a tiny bit. Sure, I don't think that's sustainable. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm not. I don't think you're saying it's going to be one of the best groups. I, I'm. I'm yeah. with you on the fascination with it. I'm just playing out and playing it out a little bit in my head. But I'm with you on it. Could be one of the more fun groups to watch during the season. Okay, can I throw another lineup at you? Please, please. Almost, I don't think this group will ever start. And frankly, you know, I hope they play together, all of them, but I don't know if they ever will. Um, it is Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, and James Weissman. Do you that think we're going to see that? That, that, that has group? to happen at some point, right? The problem is that you have three people who can't shoot, although they, they're trying to make Weissman into a little bit of a shooter. You have to imagine they'll try it at some point just because it's theoretical. Not <laughs> It's like they're five most important guys. You know what I mean? So it's like, wouldn't you just like to know how your five most important guys play together? It's just, yeah, like I, like, I think that there, it's, I don't know how it would work. I'm not going to lie. Like, mm-hmm. are you running 
high pick and roll with Steph and 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 Wiseman and like what is Draymond doing? Iguodala. Where is Iguodala? You're running and, Steph Dre pick and roll. Wiseman's in the corner. Iguodala's in the dunker spot. And now all of a sudden feel... Steve Kerr's running the most generic offense. He's running yeah. like the 2013 Miami <laughs> offense. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a fear. Yeah, I do think that the ceiling goes up a notch defensively if Wiseman kind mm-hmm. of tightens things up defensively. Just he brings like an athleticism to this group yeah. that they didn't, they never had before. So I think that'll be fun if we ever see it. And, you know, throw Jordan Poole in for for Wiseman or throw Otto Porter in for Wiseman, whoever. And that's probably more of the lineups that we're actually yeah. going to see I in mean, Golden State this season. The, but, the Warriors you know. lineup, and I touched on this and I got killed for it because I think it's going to be their closing group in more games than people realize. But I think it's going to be Steph, Dre, Clay, Iggy, and uh, Otto Porter Jr. I'm high on Otto Porter in the 3 and D role playing off yes. Steph. If anyone I think is in a mm-hmm. perfect role for playing off Steph, it's him. Can I tell you another lineup that I'm interested in, actually? Absolutely. I don't know if this is going to happen. And once again, it's like one of those those health-adjacent um, ones that makes it a little dicey. But mm-hmm. the playoff uh, Mr. June, I don't know what you want to call him, Mr. May, Reggie, Reggie? Jackson, Reggie Jackson, Oh, yeah. My ears just perked up. Uh, Terrence Mann, a.k.a. Oh, yeah. Baby Kawhi. Um, no, Reggie Jackson, I'm already sold. Terrence I'm already Mann, sold. Paul George, Justice Winslow, and Serge Ibaka. I really want to see that lineup. It's like, mm. you know, the Delicious. the Diet Kawhi special, like the, the Kawhi Zero, the, uh, the RC Cola version of the Clippers. But, yeah. I, I love I, that. Yeah, and I... I'm a big believer in Justice Winslow and, you know, injuries really derailed his career. He had a stretch, you know, a while for the Heat where Spo was letting him play point guard and it was all coming together and it it just kind of got away. You know, I remember they reacquired Mm -hmm. Dwayne Wade and that made it a little difficult and there was a lot going on there, but I think he's a really talented guy. And I, again, like if he's in the right role, that's what so much of the NBA is about. And I hate to fall back on that cliche, but like if you get a talented, if you get a talented guy and you're asking him to do less, that's so big. That's huge. So I want to see that lineup. I'm curious uh, how much they'll play together during the season. Cause obviously Ibaka is coming off his own injury issues, but I'm still high on the Clippers. I still think they're going to be really good with or without Kawhi. I don't want to be too inside baseball here, but in that, aforementioned um, off-season grades column. I, I ended up giving the Clippers an A-, and I might have written, like, in my first draft, like, 600 words about why I love Justice Winslow there. And <laughs> our editor, our new editor, Matt Wong, just, like, com- was like, what is, what is this? Cut. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. He will be hearing from the Justice Hive, a.k.a. me. <laughs> texting Matt right after this. What's up, man? Um, so no, I'm I'm all in on that. I love it. Uh and I I don't know, like I yeah, I think Justice Winslow can be a really effective playmaker still. The shooting is really gotta come together for him. He, but he's it, had pockets where it looked like it was coming around and then whether it was injuries or whatever. So I do think it'll help to play that would be the most space I think he's ever had on NBA floors if he played with that lineup. So mm, good point. Yeah. Okay, so our next email 
comes did you before i continue did you have any other lineups or are we good to can we move on i think we're good to move on considering we both kind of flouted the rules of the question we were being asked yeah i have like i lied i I have like six other ones written down here i'm reading i mean there's gonna be some there's gonna be some good lineups i mean the knicks low-key are gonna i think gonna play some interesting lineups this year Eh, we'll see Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Okay, so email from Sean Elliott. Hopefully it is that Sean Elliott, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it is. Um, hi, Michael. Shout out to Ro- all Sean Elliott's. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sean Elliott writes, Hi, Michael, Rohan, and Chris. With the recent news that Clay will likely be out until Christmas, can you think of any other stars, i.e. all NBA caliber players, who have had as bad of a time with injuries as Clay? I'm not a Warriors fan, but God, it's defeating to hear that we won't get to see a full-strength Warriors team until December. Sean, thank you so much. That was a wonderful um, question, and I meant to uh, throw my Warriors lineup out and then lead into this question, but I'm just uh, I'm all over the place right now because <laughs> it's 91 degrees in my apartment. Um, but did, I, did I'll throw it to you first, Rowan. Did, does, do any players... Uh, kind of spring to mind. There's a few, obviously. Uh, two, do big I, who, ones, who, yeah, two big who, ones. Yeah, comes that, to mind for you? That came to my mind that I think maybe mm-hmm. everyone else thinks of them too, but guys who I think like were really important and are slightly forgotten. I mean, first is Amari Stoudemire, the, the microfracture surgery, the knee troubles he went through at the time. Mm. Those Suns teams, I think, were absolutely capable of winning a title. And you talk about bad luck stretches, I mean, between the Hori bump, the Robert Ory bump and Omari's knees and letting Joe Johnson walk because of poor ownership. Like those sons were right there and just so snake bitten by crazy Ron Artest shots. And as you know, Mike, he's liable to do sometimes I shouldn't say crazy, but 
you know, out of nowhere, Ron Artest threes. Um, uh, so that was a big one. And then the big one to me and uh, truly uh, thank God he's being inducted in the hall of fame, but Chris Bosch, who I think could maybe should be maybe in his entering his last NBA season right now, as opposed to entering the hall of fame, somebody who was playing really, really well. Um, and his career was just cut short by, obviously it's not injury. It was a, a medical situation with the blood clots, but so right. unexpected. I mean, that heat team that made it to a game seven against the Raptors before the conference finals, uh, they went to a game seven in the second year after LeBron left. So that would have been 2016. It was mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade's last year before he left for Chicago. That team was good. That team was really good. They had Luol Dang. They had Joe Johnson. They had Dwayne Wade. Uh, Justice, Josh Richardson. Uh, that team with the healthy Bosch, I don't think they – certainly don't think they beat the Cavs, uh, but I think they would have given them a good series, and it would have been really fun to see Bosch and Wade go head-to-head against mm-hmm. LeBron in a playoff series. And, you know, unfortunately we were robbed of that. Those guys, uh, because of Was Whiteside Clots, on that team? He was on that team. He got hurt in that okay. series. Justice Winslow actually started at center at one game. Bismack Biombo was killing them. But that was a – that was a Heat team that was actually really good that got fortunate. You know, Joe Johnson got bought out. And something I weirdly think about is because he always, you know, it always happened around the All-Star break. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, we never got to see Wade, Bosch, uh, and LeBron on the same team all together again. They would have at least had a, an All-Star game or two together, and that would have been a lot of fun. So those two are the ones that came to mind, actually, because – I think those were obviously incredibly high-level players that, that really changed the trajectories of their franchises. So I'm kind of embarrassed to say that neither of those two players even entered my mind as I was going through this exercise. So hats off to you. That's why you're here. That's why you get paid <laughs> the big bucks, Rohan. I am very rich, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, so the first name that came to my head was Derek Rose. Hmm. Who is healthy now, but you know was the youngest MVP winner in league history, and then maybe the, the yeah the maybe <laughs> the uh, maybe the only MVP winner who does not um, make the Hall of Fame. Uh, we will see, but it's not looking good. Uh, Blake Griffin was another one that I had, um, whose prime took a precipitous he, fall because of multiple surgeries. He also had really untimely injuries, really untimely ones, like in the playoffs getting hurt. And so, yeah, that's a good one. So speaking of timing, I actually have Kyrie Irving here. And mm. I think it's like that first Boston season. That's a great one. That's a great one, Mike. No, you go back even in the first right, Cavs right, title run. Right. Yeah. The 2015 finals, he has the knee injury in game one or right at the end of game one of that series. And, you know, they might have won that series. Cavs fans will tell you that till they're blue in the face. Misses all of the 2018 playoffs. Uh, misses a good chunk of the 2020 season. Uh, and then in the, obviously in last year's playoffs, um, he lands on Giannis's foot, sprains his ankle and... The rest is kind of history, unfortunately, for the Brooklyn Nets. And there's just he's had a lot of surgeries and isn't the biggest guy. So uh, that was just another player who, because of when he suffered the injuries, um, really came to mind for me for something like this. No, that's a really good one. I mean, that Boston team without him, that was the year they went to seven uh, with the Cavs in the conference finals. You can only imagine what would have been like if 
Kyrie were healthy for that series. You bring up a great point, 2015 finals. Obviously, that's a big what if uh, for Cavs fans, especially considering they somehow went up 2-1 and we're already playing without love. Uh, Kyrie's a really good one, and I would not have thought of him ever. That's a really good one. I mean, even this year. that Yeah. Yeah, Terry Rogier in that game seven was my mortal enemy, but – uh, shout out to him getting that ninety-seven million dollar contract. I mean, the my way, guy Terry, the scary way, Terry, the roller coaster, the Rozier roller coaster that uh, Celtics fans have been on, uh, where anyone, like literally every single person in the world, would have made the Kemba for Rozier trade uh, <laughs> that summer. The where things have gone since then, really interesting, really interesting. It's- it's very tough. We have a, uh, not to spoil anything, we have a top 100 at one point that is going to be published that you and I are participating and contributing to. And let's just say Terry Rogier is uh, way ahead of Kemba Walker on mm. my top 100. Um, the last player I want to shout out is Kawhi Leonard. Um, obviously, he's two-time finals MVP, but he missed pretty much all of the 2018 season. Well, Kawhi's either hurt or in the finals at this point in his career. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, he, exactly. So, you know, he, you know, misses basically all of 2018, his age 26 season, then goes to Toronto, wins the championship. Uh, now he's about to probably miss all or a vast majority of another season a couple of years later. So that was another player. Just when we're talking about like all NBA, just right. great and when, you, when you talk about timing he's gonna miss two playoff runs it seems like no one knows about Kawhi, but there's a chance he misses Mm -hmm. two playoff runs because of one injury which is a gigantic bummer because i think the clippers were right there uh with the bucks and Suns, and easily could have won the finals this year had Kawhi stayed healthy so yeah you another guy you talk about timing getting hurt up 20 however many points in game one of the western conference finals against the warriors yeah, it's uh, that's a really good one. Okay, so we have a fun email now coming in from uh, a longtime listener, Dylan. Let's go, who, Dylan. Who writes in, Why doesn't Denver get more pressure to seriously upgrade around Nikola Jokic? Jamal Murray gets hot here and there, but he's not even as good as Donovan Mitchell. Wow. And is not... Letting the chopper sing. Throw in the flames right now. And is not reliable enough to win a title unless they luck into it because all the teams got injured. Wow. Michael Por- Michael Porter Jr. is a pipe dream. The media should be putting more pipe pressure dream. on Denver, more pressure on Denver to get Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. Uh thank you so much Dylan. That was uh that was flames right there. Uh Rohan, what is your reaction to Dylan's email? So Dylan, I understand where you're coming from. I, as someone who I think I picked the Nuggets to win or make the finals, I think three or four years in a row. <laughs> I love the Nuggets, and you have wait, wait, I you have, have? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah, yeah, I have. Wow, that's amazing. No, shout so, out to you. That's incredible. So here's where I'm at on that because I, I'm in a similar position. And Mike and I have talked about it on this podcast many months ago. Mm-hmm. One of the first episodes we did together, I was like, "Is the best move for them trading Michael Porter Jr. and trying to get a star?" Here's what I think. Um, and I run into the same problem and I, I'm maybe this is, I think what Dylan is running into where if you look at it from Denver's perspective, they've built this team really methodically. They've hit on picks that were not obvious ones, whether it was Gary Harris, which turned into Aaron Gordon, whether it was the Jamal Murray pick Jokic, et cetera. Uh, look at some of the other guys they've run in Monte Morris. 
Denver is in the position where they're at a level of success where it becomes very hard to build your team. Like you have to hit on draft picks and under the radar guys. And you also have to take into account where, you know, and Tim Connolly's mentioned this, like it was a coup for them when they signed Paul Millsap. That was a multiple time all-star or an all-star rather agreeing to come play for your, your team. That doesn't happen if you're the Nuggets. You, I, I think what's frustrating is someone who cares about the Nuggets a lot and is weirdly invested in their success is if it really was all about winning, then why wouldn't NBA players be lining up to play in Denver? You're telling me you can play with the pass first, you know, MVP who does not care about scoring? Uh, like superstars should be lining up to play in Denver, but they're not. And that they have to take that into account when they're building the team as well, where – yeah, maybe we can trade for Dame, and obviously he's shown loyalty to Portland. Like he's kind of a special case. But when you have guys like Murray and Jokic who are stars or, or an MVP in Jokic, and they're willing to stay, that's that's a calculus of your team building. Is you have to get guys who are not only good but want to be there, and that can be, you know, easier said than done. So I actually have a lot of sympathy for the Nuggets because, yeah, I'd love to see them take big swings, but they're not the kind of team that can afford to go out and trade for the star on an expiring contract because it's just high risk. It's super high risk, and they've done a really good job of methodically building the team. I do think that there's a move out there. The Gordon trade, I think, was a smart move for them. Mm-hmm. They brought back Will Barton on a two-year deal that I think is not surprisingly very trade-friendly. I do think MPJ could be dangled at some point because I don't love the long-term fit of him, Murray, and Jokic together, so... I think they're in on stars, Dylan. I just think that, first of all, listen, they've built a contender. They have the, the MVP. They could have been in the conference finals last year had they been healthy. And they were in the conference finals a, a year ago. So I, I'm not even, you know, I don't think they're not achieving. I mean, they had a three-year run where they made the playoffs and made it around further three years in a row. So, you know, I understand the frustrations, but I think it's a they're in a complicated situation. It seems easy on the surface, but it's not. Yeah, I think where I I just kind of disagree with the premise of the question, which is like I believe that the Denver Nuggets can win the title with mm-hmm. the roster that they have if they are healthy, and I also think that trading for Dame or or Brad Beal is really hard because neither of those guys are available right now, yeah. and that's the type of talent that um, you would have to get if you were ever going to give up. Um, someone like MPJ, I think, or even Jamal Murray. Let me ask you real quick. This is I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but if the Denver Nuggets called the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow and said, hey, you know, we'll put Jamal Murray on the table. We want Dame. What, what would happen? If I'm the Blazers, i do it. You're getting a younger guy back on who's signed long-term, who's really good. I would – I also think teams should I, – I, I think teams should trade for established players more often, and you're not going to really get a better, like what the best, like what are the chances you draft someone as good as Jamal Murray? You know what I mean? Like no, if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to make that trade a, for picks, I would do it. Can I tell you another five man lineup I'm excited to see? No, no. What Rohan? We're what talking about happening? this team. We're just talking about this team. I'm just saying. I'm just going to throw this out there. When the Nuggets <laughs> trot out Jamal Monte Morris. Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, and Jokic at some point this season. I'm going to be interested to see that lineup. And we know, we know Mike, we know Mike Malone, or sorry, Michael Malone, has no issues getting funky with his lineups. 
So mm-hmm. I, I hope to see that group uh, for a good stretch this season. That will be a fun one. That will yeah. be a fun one. Um, I, I just, I love, I want to say like up front, I love Jamal Murray. He's only 24 years old. Uh, before he got hurt last year, he was averaging 21 and five and shooting 40% from behind the three point line. He's, I mean, he's a proven big game performer. Like his postseason stats are absurd. Uh, and, Last season, he made a jump in a very critical way. He, in 2019, he shot 57% at the rim. Last season, he shot 72% at the rim. And there are like five players in the entire league who shot over 70% at the rim last year and also over 40% from behind the three-point line. So he's just so skilled and like he screens. He moves so well off the ball. He has six cents synergy with Jokic that you just like can't put a price on. So I, I, I for the record, so, I would not want to trade Jamal Murray if I was the Denver. I wouldn't want to, but here's my. You bring up the chemistry, which is a great point because Jokic and Murray, I think, have the best pick and roll chemistry of any duo in the league. The way they, it's, it reminds me of like Conley and Gasol back in the day, where the the sum of their parts was greater, you know, than them individually because of their chemistry. But do you think Dame and Jokic? on paper would be the most difficult to guard pick and roll combo in the league. If it were to happen. Dame and Jokic. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's like impossible. It's impossible, um, but that's, that's gotta be high on the list. Extraordinary. I mean, yeah, that's, I am like having a hot flash right now. Yeah. yeah. Like able to process it yeah. in real time. No, it's like, I don't even know how you guard that. Frankly, obviously yeah. you can't switch. Uh, if you drop, aim <laughs> is going to just yeah. kill you. Right. Uh, also, like if you were to trap, throw in the ball to Jokic in a four on three or just him open at the free throw line. I mean, it's just cash. Yeah. Money. That's, that's yeah. tough. You need like five guys to defend those yes. two, yes. which is just leave everybody else wide open. Right. Um, so that would be, that would be very difficult. I think I do want to say though, you know, we, we do talk a lot about Michael Porter jr. So I don't really need to rehash <laughs> that his, his defense needs to get better at the same time. His true shooting percentage last year was 66.3. He's, you know, I just gave that semi-arbitrary stat about 70% at the rim and 40% behind the three-point line. And Michael Porter Jr. also did that. (laughs) So he is also just a tremendous talent offensively. My MPJ skepticism is based almost entirely off vibes. (laughs) 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 I just don't love the vibes. I don't love the vibes. Very, very fair. Um, yeah. Maybe I've been watching too much Love Island, as loyal listeners of this podcast know, but the vibes potentially, are off. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, I am interested to see with this team, you know, you mentioned uh, the extension for the extension. He's extension eligible. Michael Porter Jr. is right now. They have not come to an agreement. My guess is because he knows that if he waits, he's going to get a max offer. Mm-hmm. And my other guess is that the Denver Nuggets have not are not offering <laughs> a max offer right now. And I don't, I don't blame them for that. Aaron Gordon's free agency is truly fascinating because yes. he's unrestricted after this season. I believe he's extension eligible. Um, they have also not come to an agreement with him. And the reason there is, if I'm Aaron Gordon, I look around at the players who have signed extensions and taken themselves out of the marketplace. And I look at myself and what I can bring to the table. And if I have a good year, which I should, I'm playing next to Jokic and Jamal Murray is out. 
I'm going to get paid yeah. <laughs> this summer. I, I, if they lose, I don't think that they can keep Gordon and MPJ long-term because they're going to have four. The luxury tax, like, they're, they're they'll, beaten they'll, up against the luxury they'll tax. They'll have like 3.75 max guys in that scenario. And if I had to bet, I'm keeping Aaron Gordon as my third guy next to Murray and Jokic because I think he fits that role way better. I think he would accept it way better. I think they don't get as mad at him <laughs> as they do at MPJ. <laughs> And I think if there's a trade out there that they can get someone really, really good back in return for MPJ and it gives them a little bit more floor balance, that's what I would do. But maybe that that trade might not be out there. I, it's tough. I haven't thought and too there, deeply there's, about it. They're but... in such a sliding doors scenario. Good luck to Tim Connolly. I don't envy you, my man. That's going to be – they're like – they're in a, not, in a completely dissimilar place to where Philly was a couple years ago where they have a lot of options on the table and it's like they're going to there's going to be a lot of scrutiny when they have to finally decide on one route forward. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke and if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions and availability. Savings vary. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V series 4k smart tv is now just 348 with all your favorite apps built in you can stream straight out of the box you can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app looking for a smaller or bigger screen vizio offers unbeatable prices on all v series 4k smart tvs head to walmart.com today and score the 4k tv you've been waiting for yeah okay so let's let's close on this question comes in from brian from st louis he sent this about Lou, a month ago. Just munching on some toasted ravioli, uh, eating that pizza that they have in St. Louis. Have you ever had a St. Louis style pizza? What is it? It's like cracker crust. What is it? No, I think it's like, well, I've had it, so I shouldn't say I think it's like, but from my recollection, I drove cross country. We stopped in St. Louis, caught a Cardinals game. It was a blast. Um, I think it's just like they're parallelograms, like they're shaped like parallelograms. Is, is that the one with the? Is that totally one, wrong? Is that the one with like the, they have a specific kind of cheese on it? It's like Pro I don't know Val about the cheese. cheese. It just, There's like a different it, it, kind of cheese. I could be totally. Was I mean, it good? People, Did you like it? The, 
Yeah, it was fine. Like, the only thing I noticed different was the shape, and maybe I didn't go to the right spot, but, like, Brad Beal and Jason Tatum talk about St. Louis-style pizza. Like, it's, like, I don't even, like, a lobster, like, a filet mignon dinner. I like, see. I okay. Don't, I don't really understand, but maybe I'm. We'll have to do a right pod dish. ranking uh, local delicacies just so I have an opportunity to do, talk about the Publix chicken tender sub. I threw, first of all, I threw you an opportunity at the top of the show to talk about chicken tenders because I did. saw you had you, you did. had the, uh, the 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 tweet there, and I, um, you didn't. That, I'm not. I'm I'm judging my uh, literal age growth as a human being by how much it affects me to eat a chicken tender sub. We're like 10 years ago. I, you know, I'd eat, I'd eat a bag of chips on the side. Now I'm struggling to get through the last few bites and my entire, like I have a three day recovery period from every time I eat a chicken tender sub, I could eat less, but I don't. So that's uh, it's been a good way to chart, you know, my aging human body through chicken tender subs. Incredible. Uh, so anyway, Brian. <laughs> All right, Brian. <laughs> Brian's email. Um, Dear Open Floor, sorry this isn't a free agency question, but it's been bothering me since Giannis turned in such an all-time finals performance. Okay. Should he had Anthony to get it Davis, off his chest. <laughs> should Anthony Davis and the Lakers coaching staff feel like they've been put on notice by Giannis's dominance within a half-court offense? From an athletic standpoint, AD is as close as it gets to Giannis's twin, of course. He's similar in length, strength, agility, and defensive range slash versatility. And while Giannis would be considered the better full court slash fast break weapon for the last several years, wouldn't AD have been considered, at least during his last few years in New Orleans, a better half court weapon by virtue of his superior jump shot? In fact, AD's jumper seems to have become his primary weapon with LA as they have a rather alarming tendency just to throw him the ball and let him work one-on-one against Duggan defenders. He's a great enough player to still put up all-star stats with this seemingly unimaginative approach, but he seemed a more complete offensive weapon in New Orleans. Uh, Brian, that was awesome um, and a really thought-provoking question. These two are just always... Uh, they're fun to compare AD and Giannis, don't you think? Like yes. ever since Rich Paul said that, um, I forget if that was unprompted or why. He just basically said that AD was better than Giannis about a year ago, or maybe it was a year and a half ago. God, we and... all need a hype man like Rich Paul in our lives. We all need a, <laughs> um, yeah, <just> someone <laughs> just someone boosting our confidence. Uh, yeah, unless you have a flat top. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's, okay. Here's here's how I feel about this question. I think Brian is selling Giannis short. There's a reason, as multiple Bucks players said during the finals, there's a reason they call him the freak. And as someone who's been up close with them as human beings in a literal physical sense, they're different. They're just different. Giannis is longer, and I, he's not more athletic, but he's athletic in a different way than Anthony Davis is, where I think Giannis is a little bit more slender, a little bit more sleek, and he's got the lateral movement, like that spin move, that it just happens faster than what AD does it. And they have similar length, but Giannis has longer arms, and it makes a huge difference where you see him do those little kind of like over-the-top dunks and stuff like that. That's not in AD's game, whereas I think AD has a more diverse game offensively because he doesn't have uh, kind of that athletic mismatch that Giannis has. Uh, you know, 
Giannis is in a weird position because they have to guard like teams don't know who to put on him. They don't know if they should put a center on him or like a small forward rangy type. Whereas like AD is almost always getting guarded with strength and they're, they're similar. They're fun to compare, but I, I, I push back at Brian's idea that they have all these characteristics in common because I think Giannis has these distinct physical differences that make him play the way he does. And then on top of that, I don't think he's a less complete player in LA as much as it is. There's a a function of playing with LeBron James where you're just not going to do as much offensively, even though I believe he he led the team in scoring their first year together. So that, that complicates it as well. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's interesting right now to, to, I don't know. I'm fascinated by AD right now because last year was arguably, I mean, you could make the case that it was the worst season of his entire career, just straight up. Um, I mean, if you look at some of the stats, like lowest true true shooting percentage of his career, second lowest PER, lowest block rate, lowest offensive and defensive rebound rate, uh, the percentage of his shots at the rim were a career low, only 32%. Giannis last year, 54% of his shots were at the rim. Uh, AD was 16 for 80 on non-corner threes. That's atrocious, and Giannis was more accurate. <laughs> so um, very. it's just really interesting to me because obviously AD needs to bounce back and be um, – needs to reestablish himself as one of, I think one of the five, honestly, you know, this is arbitrary. One of the, I think he needs to be one of the five best players in the world next year for the Lakers to win the championship. I mean, he looked like, and he looked like that after the bubble. And I know people are like, Oh, the bubble. No, uh, I, I, Hey, but I, I thought he, he was, he was at I thought that he was the best player. I thought he was the best player on that team. I thought he was the best player throughout that playoff run in the entire league. He shot the lights out from the mid range, which was a humongous reason why. And then last season, he was one of the worst high volume mid range shooters in the entire NBA. Right. And so, I, I'm willing to bet he lands closer to the bubble version than the version we saw in the regular season. I am too. I Especially am too. now that he's had some time off and et cetera, et cetera. And another thing is the Lakers need to help him out to a degree. The LeBron thing's always going to be there. And I'm not even going to suggest that LeBron needs to be off the ball more. But whether it's, you know, Davis accepting playing more at the five or them finding him more space, et cetera, their offensive construction hasn't always done him favors either. And, and if there's one thing they're doing this year, it seemed to be like saying, forget about players who play defense. Let's get in guys who can outside of Russ, maybe create space, et cetera. So it's not like the Lakers roster construction or offensive construction has done Davis favors. And I don't think that's, I think Frank Vogel was in a great job there. I don't think that's his fault. Like he's dealing with a guy who doesn't want to play center full time and, you know, who his stars want to play with, et cetera. So it's another one of those things where there's a lot of factors that are going into it. That's uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I, I, I am. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to seeing AD mm-hmm. when I, when I think about like superstars around the league, he's right up near the top of the list for me in terms of what are we going to get out of him? Mm-hmm. Because I think he's going to have a lot of scrutiny a lot of attention and defensively when we're talking mostly offense here, when we're comparing these two, I think they're the two preeminent defensive forces Mm -hmm. in basketball, Giannis and AD, but like AD man, like the perimeter defenders that they signed, they just didn't do him any favors and he's going to have to clean up. He is going to be their defensive strategy next year is Anthony Davis. 
It's like it's gonna be. It you know, they're, gonna, they're gonna be in a huddle at the end of a game, and it's gonna be like Frank Vogel writing AD and just circling it over and over and over again. <laughs> That's gonna be their defensive uh, strategy next season. Because yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what else they can do on that end of the floor. All right. I think that does it for today's show. Um, Rohan, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for sending in these wonderful questions and keep sending them in to openfloormail at gmail.com. Openfloormail at gmail.com. Uh, wait, Rohan, did you, before you interrupt me again, did you, do you have any other starting fives that you want to throw out there before we sign off or you get them all out of the way? <laughs> Oh, look who's talking. I Sorry that I'm just trying to match. <laughs> I just wanted to say, in addition to the emails, uh, my DMs are also open. If anyone wants to talk about the Teddy and Faye argument from Love Island Season 7, the current season, uh, if you have any thoughts about the argument Teddy and Faye had, I'm more than happy to engage uh, in a discussion about that uh, with anybody who's also watching. So, I don't mean to um, annoy our producer, Shelby, who does a fantastic job on every episode. But can you quickly, before we sign off, in all seriousness, explain to me, Rohan, um, what's the deal? Is there a UK version and a US version? Or there's like, which there's one are several, you watching? Several countries have, you know, there's Love Islands all over the world, Mike. There's a US yes. version. There's a UK version. I believe there's an Australian version. And I think several more. UK is the original. And I think the, you know, still the high watermark for the series. Do you so when you talk about the show, are you talking about the UK version? I'm talking about Love Island UK. Yes, yes. Okay, and US is like the trash version. No one watches that, or I think it. I think it gets some play, but I. I think anyone, everyone agrees that the UK is still the, the high mark. It's still you know still the one they're all compete. They're chasing. They're all chasing the UK version. Okay, well, we appreciate. So basically, the UK version is Giannis, and the US version is anthony davis right now is that what we're trying to is that, yes. is that how, if, what i should surmise if that okay. if that's that probably the only way we could put a bow in this conversation so let's go exactly yeah, yeah i think i saved it okay thank no. you so much once again for all to all of our listeners in the open floor globe everybody please stay safe everybody please continue to enjoy your offseason Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.